chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, page 967. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so. Now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Morning. If I was to ask you who was the greatest man that ever walked this earth, you would all say, Jesus. Correct. <clears throat> now, who did Jesus say was the greatest man that ever walked this earth? Well done. Well, I'm not going to throw you a chop, though. I don't do that sort of thing. John the Baptist, Jesus could have said, perhaps Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, Jeremiah, but Jesus said the greatest man born of woman was John the Baptist. That's in Matthew 11, 11. I tell you the truth, among the, those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. <clears throat> well, now, that's extraordinary, isn't it? <clears throat> but, you see, John the Baptist was a close relative, perhaps not that close, but was a relative of Jesus. They were cousins. And uh, they, they both had special parents, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, of course, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And they were relatives as well. And both of these ladies had special sons, didn't they? Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. They were both from priestly um, stock. They came from um, the stock of, Mayor of um, the chosen race and so on. And they were descendants of them. Now... getting lost here <clears throat> when they both had angels come to them you know we've heard this over Christmas haven't we uh, Mary had the angel come to her Gabriel to say she was going to have a son and Zechariah the father of John the Baptist he had an angel come to him and said don't be afraid your prayers have been heard your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. You will name him John. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel he shall bring back to the Lord. So Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah, they were told by the angel that they were to have special sons and they were special I mean Mary said to the angel well 
how's this going to be? I'm a virgin. And Elizabeth, well, she was as old as a lot of us here, <laughs> if not older. And uh, she's described as being barren. And uh, she was told that prayers had been answered. She was going to have a special son, and he was to be called John. And Mary, of course, was told that her son was to be called Jesus. So there you have uh, the two greatest men that ever walked on this earth to be born to Mary and Elizabeth. Mary the Virgin and Elizabeth who was barren. Both producing special sons, the greatest who ever lived. And special mothers. If we were to ask who was the most special woman that ever lived, um, I, su I suspect the Roman Catholics would say Mary, uh, probably. Uh, but they were both special mothers. <coughs> now, these sons, of course, and uh, John the Baptist and Jesus, of course, we've been thinking of Jesus in recent weeks, haven't we? <coughs> Born in a stable and so on. We know very little about their childhood. Don't know a lot about their childhood at all, do we? <coughs> what we do know is that they were both circumcised, John and Jesus, they were both circumcised. They were presented to God in the temple. Um, the firstborn sons of Jewish people were expected to present their son to the Lord in the temple after 40 days. This was done with uh, Jesus and with John the Baptist. Um, <clears throat> but we know very, very little about their childhood. We do know something about the childhood of Jesus when he was 12. You all know the story of that when he went to the temple at the feast of the Passover and uh, he got left behind in the temple and Mary and Joseph realised, where is he? Where is he? Oh, perhaps he must be with the other friends of ours and other relatives of ours. I said, no, he's not. And they realised that Jesus had been left back in the temple. So they went back to find him when he was 12 years of age. And you know the story. They found him sitting there among the teachers and asking questions. And in Luke 2, verse 47, we hear that the elders and the teachers were amazed at this 12-year-old boy who was listening to them and asking questions. Well, Mary and Joseph went back to the temple. They found Jesus sitting there. And in Luke 2, 48, they said to the 12-year-old Jesus, Son, why have you treated us like this? Oh, amazing that, isn't it? Talking to Jesus, the Son of God. Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And the reply from the 12-year-old Jesus, was amazing. He said to his parents, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Father, spelt with a capital F in the Bible. <laughs> and of course, everybody thought that Joseph was the father of Jesus. Jesus said to them, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house. 
heavenly father, the 12-year-old boy. We're told that they didn't understand what he was saying to them. And they went back to Nazareth, and in verse 56 of Luke 1, we see that Jesus was obedient to them. Now, I want to underline this. 12-year-old Jesus, when he was a child, was obedient to his parents. <laughs> In other words, Jesus kept the law, didn't he? You know, honour your father and mother. <clears throat> and we see that he was obedient to his parents. And Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And in verse 52, we read that Jesus grew up in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. He lived in a family, as most of us do. Jesus lived in a family, and in Mark 6.3, we read that he had four brothers, James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and he had some sisters. We don't know how many sisters he had. And Jesus was referred to as a carpenter. Now, we know that Joseph was a carpenter, his, heavenly, his earthly father. By this time, it's thought that Joseph had died. And it is thought that Jesus took over the carpentry business and ran it, and he himself was an expert carpenter. Whether he actually did run the business or not, we can't be sure, but it's quite possibly did because it's possible that Joseph had died. And turn the page over. <clears throat> John, he, was, he lived in the desert, we're told, aren't we? We don't know anything about his childhood at all. He, he wore camel's hair. He was rather a strange-looking chap, John the Baptist. He lived in the desert and, and, until he publicly appeared to the people. And he became known as John the Baptist. And we know the reason for that, because people from all over Judea started to come to him. In those days, we're told in Luke 3, John the Baptist was preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And people came from all over Judea, confessing their sins and being baptised in the river Jordan. Now, baptism at that time was not particularly well known. You won't read of any baptism in the Old Testament. There is no baptism as such in the Old Testament. John the Baptist came along to introduce the baptism of repentance. Repent and be baptised. Now, other religions around apparently did have a form of baptism in Egypt and Persia, mystery religions, and of course, in the Old Testament sacrificial services, there was a purifications with water, cleansing, um, symbolic washing. John came along and introduced baptism in the River Jordan to those who had repented. But he also said something else to them. John was the herald of Jesus. This was one of the greatest things about John. 
He was the forerunner of Jesus. He introduced Jesus to the people, the forerunner. And in Luke 3, he said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years of age. We can see that in Luke 3 and verse 23. Jesus started his ministry at the age of around 30 years. <clears throat> now, how did he start his ministry? <laughs> when I was asked to preach on this, um, I thought, this is a bit tough. Um, why did Jesus go to John the Baptist and ask to be baptised? See, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus had nothing to repent about. <clears throat> he was sinless. And yet he came to John, we see in Matthew 3.16, and asked John to baptise him. Well, we see in Matthew 3.16, John tried to deter him. I need to be baptised by you, said John. Do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Why did Jesus asked to be baptised, not to repent, but he said to fulfil all righteousness. Jesus was sinless. He lived a perfect life. He kept the law. He obeyed his parents. He kept the law. He had nothing to repent about. But the reason he came to be baptised by John, he said, you must do this to fulfil all righteousness. And John did it. He baptised Jesus in the river Jordan. Well, now, what are the other reasons you think? <clears throat> I, I spent a long time looking this up. <laughs> Almost wished at times I had got been given the subject. I thought, this is a tough one. You know. To fulfil righteousness, Jesus said. That's why I want to be baptised by you. But there are other reasons. <clears throat> it is thought that Jesus wanted to identify himself with sinners. We're told in Isaiah 53, aren't we, that Jesus was numbered with the transgressors and bore the sin of many, making intercession for them. And it's thought that Jesus wanted to be baptised to make intercession for the sinners, to number himself with them uh, in order that he might eventually die to save them. It's also thought that this was the start of Jesus dedicating himself to his ministry at the age of 30 years, dedicating himself to his ministry. It's also thought 
that being baptized by John was a moment of approval from heaven because we know that when Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism, there was a voice from heaven, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. This was the acceptance of heaven and the acknowledgement of heaven that Jesus was the son of God and was about to perform the ministry on earth which would lead to his death and resurrection. And of course it was the commencement of Christian baptism. You see, John's baptism wasn't exactly Christian baptism. It was a baptism of repentance. But John came along to baptise people into Christ. And Christ himself was baptised. Christian baptism commenced at this time of Jesus' baptism. And we've, many of us here have been baptised, if not all of us, into Christ, haven't we? <clears throat> so there you are. I'm, I'm not claiming to have all the answers to this. Um, but there's some of the, the reasons we think that um, Jesus had to be baptised and was baptised. Even though John questioned it at first, he began to realise uh, what it was all about. <clears throat> so we thank God for these two great men, John the Baptist and Jesus. But do you know, there's something very I want to leave with you here. <clears throat> when you go home from a sermon um, and you're asked at the dinner time, <laughs> what did he preach about? I'm going to leave a couple of things <laughs> to, with you. So that if you're asked, what was the sermon about? I want you to remember a couple of things at least. <clears throat> when Mary questioned, how am I going to have this baby? I'm a virgin. We see in Luke 1.37, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So if you're asked at dinner time, what's the sermon about? If you say that, you're saying something. Nothing is impossible with God. <clears throat> but there's another thing here. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist? Is there anybody here who's least in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> Only God knows that. <clears throat> but it's an amazing thing. I think one of the great things about John the Baptist was that he was a herald of Jesus Christ. He was a witness of Jesus Christ. And I think the suggestion is, when Jesus said, he that is loosed, is referring to humility. 
and witness to Jesus Christ. Anybody who's humble and witnesses to Jesus Christ, Jesus said, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So that's a thought. <laughs> that's a thought to take home with you. <clears throat> and Jesus said, become as a child. Become as a child. And to do that makes you a member of the kingdom of heaven. So child, being becoming a child and witnessing to Christ makes you fit for the kingdom of heaven and produces greatness in the eyes of God. <clears throat> so there we are. There's a few thoughts there. I can't claim to have had it all, um, but do go home, and if asked, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And to be humble and witness to Jesus Christ produces greatness in us in the eyes of God. May God help us to do that.